This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Wednesday, and I just burnt the shit out of my finger. That's going to be a hell of a blister here in a little bit. It doesn't hurt that much right now, but it keeps hurting more and more. <laughs> As I go along, so I'm going to take a little uh, hit of my uh, pain medicine here before we get started. (laughs) Yes, rip to the Keystone XL pipeline. That is one of the stories we will be talking about tonight. Also, there are new allegations against Dante Wright. As the killer cop, Kim Potter, awaits trial, we've got a mom bitching about the packaging that pot gummies come in because she was stupid and let her kid have some. Video of a gay man getting corrected about the need for pride. Also, Warlord, you talked about, uh, or, or no, uh, it was one of the trolls last night brought it up, the Hunter Biden end bombs. I don't want to make it seem like I was ignoring a story. I just genuinely didn't know about it because I like to talk about electoral politics and policy. We're going to touch on that. Also, speaking of racism, the statue of General Robert E. Lee is coming down in Charlottesville, Virginia. There are TikTokers burning their Confederate flags. We're going to watch a video of that. That should be interesting. Oh, here in the last couple of hours, the Pennsylvania GOP House Speaker had a meltdown over getting called out by being a part of a party that is 70% male, 100% white. Apparently, he didn't like that and tried to go a little cancel culture on the Democrat that called him out. Oh, we've got a little mini documentary we're going to watch. A guy details his mom's descent into QAnon madness. Oh, Louis Gobert asked about altering the orbit of the moon. These people are flat out stupid. That's all there is to it. Oh, before we get started tonight, I did see Dan Crenshaw t- uh, I s- uh, tweeted, posted this on Facebook yesterday about Ilan Omar. Uh, she compared the war crimes of the U.S. to Hamas and Israel. Very valid point. She said, we must have the same level of accountability and justice for all victims of crime against humanity. Seems like a pretty innocuous statement, but Dan Crenshaw had a problem with it. But I would like to take this opportunity to point out I would give anything, anything, to be able to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. I had a fantastic birthday this year, but that, that is the one present that eluded me. Would have absolutely made my entire life. All right, starting off tonight, 
President Joe Biden has been attacked. Last night we started off with an attack on French President Emmanuel Macron. Tonight, Joe Biden under attack. Under attack by cicadas. Make it clear to Putin and to uh, China that Europe and the United States are tight and the G7 is going to move. The cicadas are MAGAs. I have one and I'll be announcing it. Thank you. (laughs) Because they're shrill and annoying. Lazy assholes that only pop up ever so often to be a pain in the ass. (laughs) So Biden heading out on his first overseas trip. Apparently he had a message for Putin. He mentioned it there. Mentioned it again in a speech in front of our troops. I've been in and out here many, many times. Visited well over 100 countries as president or general of foreign ministry, or as vice president or general of foreign relations. This is my first overseas trip as president of the United States. I'm heading to the G7, then to the NATO ministerial, and then to meet with Mr. Putin to let him know what I am going to know. <laughs> That's funny. Economic prosperity, he says. That's kind of a weird thing to say when we can't even get a boost in the minimum wage. It's been stagnant for years. Wages overall have been stagnant for years. He's noting that artificial... But here is a Reagan administration official going on Fox News to rail against raising the minimum wage. Intelligence technology has 85% accuracy with filling orders, with workers having to step in for approximately one in five orders. It's going to be a big leap, he says, to go from 10 restaurants to 14,000 restaurants. But there is no doubt they are working in that direction, Art. Yeah, for, for those people, Sandra, who are coming into the labor force brand fresh, uh, not old timers who've been around for brand fresh. the minorities, the disenfranchised, uh, those with less education, young people who haven't had the job experience. These yeah. people aren't worth $15 an hour in most cases. And so therefore, when you have a $15 an hour minimum. The living wage in every state in this country is at least thirteen fifty an hour. Anything less than thirteen fifty an hour, and a company is wanting to is wanting you to subsidize their payroll. 
minimum wage. Uh, they don't get that first job. They don't get the requisite skills to earn above the minimum wage. And after a few years, they become unemployable. And after becoming unemployable, they become hostile. And that what you'll find happening is this technology is... Wait, become hostile? Yes, they will indeed become hostile. If they have no way to be able to earn a living, they're going to result resort to crime. Or, better yet, they may break out the Choppy Boys. There is a podcast by a, I believe he's a tech entrepreneur, called Pitchfork Economics, that says rich people need to start governing as if the pitchforks are coming, because they are. Is that what he means when he means hostile? He has created an underclass of people who are really just bid out of the labor market and will remain out of the labor market for most of their lives. And this, I think, is just a tragedy. Uh, I love the technology, but the technology is replacing yeah. the jobs for these people. And, and Is it? Because I keep hearing people can't find anybody to work and that they're hard up. Just story after story on all these local news sites. Where is this technology we keep hearing about? I don't know what he's talking about. Okay. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was on with Chris Hayes last night. For more on the state of America. We're going to be talking about Mansion. And, oh, God, I love that picture. I hadn't watched this yet. I love that picture of her giving the death stare to the back of Mansion's head while he's smiling and clapping about Trump during the State of the Union. That's what that picture is for. American democracy at this perilous moment. I'm joined now by Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat in New York, who serves on the House Oversight Subcommittee on Civil Rights and Civil Liberties. Um, Congresswoman, it's great to have you on the program. Um, I wanted to start maybe with... uh, Thank you so much. Um, I want to start with the sort of... That damn Zoom delay. ...ask you to... React to it if it seems to you accurate. I mean, I spend a lot of my time talking to members of Congress and staffers, and it does seem like most of the Democratic majority is pretty freaked out about this stuff and really thinks that there's a very important urgency here to defend American democracy. Okay, so I am really freaked out about this, especially what it means for the coming 2022 elections. I am damn worried about the Republicans retaking the House in 2022, and it will be a mess. They'll they'll try to impeach Joe Biden. Make no mistake about it. There will be a retaliation for Trump. It, it is going to be a shit show if the Republicans retake the House, and honest to God, that's probably the most likely scenario. As I sit here, June of 2021... The Republicans are probably going to retake the House in 2022. Now, there's a lot of factors that go into that. Trump is good for the Democrats. So the more Trump inserts himself into the election of 2022, the better it is for Democrats. So perhaps the Trump effect will work to the Democrats' advantage. Democracy. And then some folks think, eh, in the end, it's going to work out. Is that track with your experience of, of the conversations that are happening on the Hill? I think so. I think that um, those of us and those Democrats who really acknowledge the existential threat and the assault 
on the right to vote. And really, when I say my stream's going back and forth tonight, isn't it? It's yo-yoing together between what the Republican Party is doing on the state level. You're having a hard time watching the live stream. The replay will be up on YouTube. Texas, Arizona, really across the state and across the country, um, and how that is being pieced together federally with this idea that we cannot uh, pass legislation uh, to protect the right to vote because those who are attacking it won't vote to protect it. And I think that there's, so there's an enormous amount of alarm um, for those of us here who believe that our country is still in a very vulnerable place uh, post Donald Trump. Absolutely. We are just hanging on a thread of democracy and it's our responsibility right now with utmost urgency to really strengthen uh, a lot of our democratic institutions that were taken very much to the brink uh, during the Trump administration, which culminated in January. And that is job one right now. And uh, now that they have gotten past who, the, you know, COVID bill. I think there's just some folks that have unwavering faith in American institutions that really don't have a lot of evidence for why our repairing the judiciary. We saw what happened on January 6th. And I think it's really important for folks to and protecting voting because the reason those people stormed that Capitol was because of the lawsuits was because of all of this doubt that was sown. It was because of the election challenges. It was because voter suppression made a lot of uh, racist QAnon conspiracies. And, um, and I think that the, you know, your assessment is correct that there's the majority, I think, are quite concerned. But I think that there are some uh, members that, you know, represent communities that have never really had their right to vote attacked uh, in in a way. They don't represent communities for which this is a very real threat. Um, and so I think they don't think it is as real uh, as it very much is. Are, who are you talking about? Joe, is that a Joe Manchin like reference there, or is there, are you talking about anyone oh, in particular? Well, I think oh wow! Joe Manchin is absolutely one of them. I mean, Joe Manchin represents a state that is not very diverse. Uh, Joe Manchin does not represent a very large population of Black voters whose right to vote is constantly under attack. And so I, I can't help but wonder aloud. You know, I see this as well in in the House of Representatives how there usually is hesitancy or it's a little bit more of a debate uh, when a member has to take out a, a risky vote on a community that they don't represent. Um, and so that representation and that plight isn't as internalized. I think that people think that- uh, That is a very good point. Right to vote hasn't been under attack, that this is something that is overblown when it very much is not. I mean, uh, just to- Play devil's advocate here for for a moment, because I think it's sort of worth talking about. I mean, you know, one of the things that's interesting and strange here, right, is the incentives would seem to be aligned for all Democratic politicians, right? So if you're yes, yeah, you would think, and you're defying gravity, and he sure as heck is, right? That's a state that went for Donald Trump by forty points. Um, you know, you've got to get a lot of black folks in West Virginia, and there are some to come out and vote for you. You want to, but also West Virginia is weird. You want to make like. That's in your interest. He's not, you know, he's winning by five points. So it's, it, it seems to me there should be this sort of just political self-preservation interest here above and beyond even the principle of it, you know, operating at this kind of almost Machiavellian level of like, you guys are politicians. You need your voters to be able to vote. 
Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think when yes. you look at West Virginia, West Virginia is not a prime target for Republicans uh, to to look at and dismantle and attack the right to vote. Because I wonder why. It's a reliably red state. So attacking the franchise in West Virginia is not as high as a, as a priority as we see right. in these state level laws, as it is in Georgia, you know, in, in Pennsylvania with election challenges, Arizona in the attempt to overturn election results. Right. And so, you know, I, again, I think that this is still a very critical issue. But, you know, I do think on that note of political preservation, uh, one thing that is not being discussed about, and I, I do think it should be talked about more, is the fact that HR1 is one of the most the for the people assertive act. bills that we have to tackle dark money in politics. And so there are two very key... Now, apparently, if they are not going to demolish the filibuster, they are going to split the bill apart. They are going to make the Republicans vote on the dark money aspect of that bill. Capitalist Christian is a huge fan of my stream. Now that is interesting. Components uh, in HR one. In but thank you very much. One is appreciate a, a your follow. Forceful uh, and and very strong provisions and laws to combat outright voter suppression. And these are these are proposals. And if passed, it would essentially um, preempt changes to state law. So it would protect people's actual right to vote. But the other aspect of this is that H.R. 1 stands up against lobbyists and dark money. And I would reckon to think that this is probably just as much a part of Joe Manchin's calculus as anything else. Because when it comes to... He's highly funded by dark money. I got to tell you, I don't buy it. Because Joe Manchin has voted for bills that have not been bipartisan before. Look at the American Rescue Plan. So this is not just about bipartisanship. This is, I think, because you look at the Koch brothers and you look at, you know, organizations like the Heritage Foundation and Mercers. Uh, lobby groups that are doing a victory lap, claiming victory over the fact that Manchin refuses to change on the filibuster. And I think that these two things are very closely intertwined. Doesn't matter if I they're a two-hour-old Twitch account. desire to make this just about protecting the franchise if they if they created a twitch account just to try to troll me i am honored (laughs) welcome to the twitch happy pride month guys but protecting our democracy Mm -hmm. is also about making sure that we give lobbyists and dark money groups which are funding these attacks on the right to vote the boot but you know, corporate money has a very, very tight grip. But now we heard the way that like Lindsey Graham spoke about Jamie Harrison in the election of 2020 because Harrison outraised Graham. So I would think we would be able to finally get some Republican support on that now that the tide has turned and the Democrats are actually raising more dark money than the Republicans, which is worrisome to me. I don't want the party, I mean, the party's already corrupt enough as it is. I don't want it even more corrupt. We don't need any more Republicans inside the Democratic Party. We need to take over the Democratic Party and cleanse it of these blue dog Republican lights. 
Um, and I think that that has part to, I think that has to do with the calculus in this situation. Get rid of the money and it'll go a long way in doing that. Yeah, that's, that's it's a very good point. I mean, I, I bracket for a second my own feeling about like what the Roberts court would do with the dark money provisions of HR1, which that's a sort of oh god bridge to cross in the future but in, but but it's it's striking today i want to damn it chris i hadn't even thought about that shit mcconnell hates that part the republicans hate hate, hate let, let's, let's make sure like everyone knows this supreme court is the most corporatist court ever and that they will rule in favor of big business every time part hate 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 right mcconnell is you know dark money's number one champion his name is on one of the big scotus cases on this so you say, okay, well, we call the bluff, take that outside. Let's just talk about restoring preclearance in the Voting Rights Act or the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, which Manchin has come out in favor of. He and Lisa Murkowski wrote a dear colleague letter about. No, none of the money, none of the corporate money. We're going to hear from Murkowski here in just a second. Here's McConnell today about whether that's a starter for him or not. Take a listen. There's no threat to the voting rights law. It's against the law to discriminate in voting on the base of race. There's no threat. I wonder, I like... I think it's unnecessary. Wh- why do the states most interested in passing voting restrictions? Like, it maps to the Confederacy. I wonder why that is. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, too, is that not, it's not just about H.R. 4, because even if Mitch McConnell said, you know what, I believe in restoration... Of, uh, of the Voting Rights Act, let's pass H.R. 4. The problem is that those changes in H.R. 4 do not have the preemptive power that the, that the and they do not have the protections that H.R. 1 have. So you pass H.R. 4, sure, you may get those preclearance provisions, but you don't get the protections and you don't get uh, the reforms on gerrymandering. Right. I, mean, I mean, when it comes down to it, I want them to pass one of those two bills at least. For the love of God, I would much rather see them pass the H.R. 1, the For the People Act. She's getting ready to run down the provisions of it that are separate from the John Lewis. The actual, that's the 1965 Voting Rights Act. You don't get uh, the reforms on gerrymandering. You don't get the changes on automatic voter registration. Gerrymandering. At this point in time, we have the ability to take like an algorithm and create congressional districts completely nonpartisan. We could do it with computers. We have that technology. It would be super easy to write that program. Please, let's take it out of the hands of, of whoever the party is that wins the state house to draw the fucking districts. And it's how we get gerrymandering on both sides. Both Democrats and Republicans do it. Republicans do it far more than Democrats. But make no mistake about it, New York, uh, there's a couple of districts in Pennsylvania that Democrats created. There are examples of it. So why can we not use a computer program to create an algorithm? Because all it is is some mathematical equation based on population. You have to draw a district that has equal population. That's all. It's, it's such a super simple algorithm to make. We let a computer do it. No longer partisan. That makes our elections far more fair. You will stop getting far right nut jobs. 
and we might actually get some, you know, reasonable Republicans that way. Get the actual protections of what Republican states are actually attacking black and brown and, and low-income voters with yeah. uh, right now from poll stations, et cetera. And so even if you do pass just H.R. 4 and you don't do anything on H.R. 1, you're still up a creek without a paddle. And we are in very, very... Up shit very creek with a turd for a paddle. Uh, if we do not reform and take swift action to protect our democracy right now. I think that's a far more apt metaphor also a ween song lyric this is mitch mcconnell on the negotiations i think this was from the senate floor not the speech so, hayes I played wanted to learn yesterday that president biden had walked away from negotiations on infrastructure spending with senator capito capito for several weeks the ranking member of the epw committee well i mean biden holds the power mitch you know how this works of course he's going to walk away. Oh, shit. Hey, buddy. Oh. He wanted to go say hi to Sox. They're laid down on the floor. Sox doesn't appear on the stream very often. He doesn't get up here very much. Back to Mr. Turtle. Mitty has been engaged in good faith on finding common ground with the administration. She's led several of our colleagues in literally exhausting- Good faith, my ass. ...with a bipartisan deal within reach. Senate Republicans proposed historic investments in the kinds of things most Americans would- Their proposal was like a fraction of what the Democrats were asking for. They met and exceeded the president's own threshold demands. Oh, Merck, and you, it's it's horrible on days that I forget to feed them before I start the stream. Bipartisanship. And I'm on, oh, it's, I, when we're doing special coverage. Actually. Trump impeachment, and I'm on here for like fucking eight hours, and they're like circling me. Have historically featured overwhelming bipartisan consensus. But an agreement requires... My furry roommates. ...is willing to give up some... I'm their tenant, actually, if we're properly describing this relationship. They own the apartment. I just leave here. That couch, that's their scratching post. I just lay on it sometimes. From the day the White House rolled out its first infrastructure plan. I'm sorry, I'm talking over Mitch McConnell, but, like, do we even care? ...is evolving faster than even some Democrats can actually keep up with. Medicaid expansion is now infrastructure. Your bird yells at you. That's awesome. Is now infrastructure. And job-killing toxins. I've got a friend that's got a bird, but like she, does, she doesn't let me around it. Like She always puts the bird up. At every step of the way. Apparently it's mean. On ...targeted investments in roads, bridges, airports, waterways, and broadband infrastructure the American people actually need. But yes, the American people are on board with Biden's infrastructure plan. That's, and that's another thing. This motherfucker wants to talk about bipartisanship. Biden's plans are uh, overwhelmingly popular with the American people. The For the People Act that AOC was talking about has like 70-something percent support among Republicans. A bit nippy. 
peck at you and shit. Does yours talk? Is it like a little parakeet or something? Oh, that's cool. Well, I mean, like I, most of them, like don't talk like actual sentences and shit, right? They just say like phrases and stuff. It's like stuff that they they're mocking you or some shit, right? Like they overhear the shit humans say and they they're able to mimic it somehow. As I understand it, I'm no bird person, I'm a cat person, and clearly, like they don't get along. Burn thin. Oh, so you can actually, you can teach them? That's cool. To get ready to ram through more expansive, unrelated spending. I'm not anti-bird by any means. Meanwhile, Senator Capito and our... I'm anti-turtle. That's that's totally not true. I've met some awesome turtles. I've had friends that had turtles. In April, the Senate passed their water infrastructure bill by a count of 89 Two. Just this particular Just turtle. A couple of weeks ago, the committee reported out an historic investment in surface transportation, and they did it unanimously. Unanimously. It's disappointing that the president has been unwilling. It's disappointing that the Senate Minority Leader is striking down shit that is overwhelmingly popular with the American people. Now, apparently, Lisa Murkowski sees the writing on the wall and knows that these are popular Thank proposals. You, Mr. Chairman, and good morning, and to you, Administrator Regan, good morning. Uh, welcome to your first budget. It does, because turtles are really cool. Uh, I'm glad to be joining Chairman Merkley for this very important discussion. It is an insult to turtles that Mitch McConnell looks that much like a turtle. I'd like to open by first thanking you. It's always good to start with with a thank you and notes of appreciation, but you made an early commitment to work with me on a number of issues that uniquely affect my state uh, that are important to Alaska. You and your staff have been responsive in engaging with me and my team, and I I truly... Depending on how the midterm election goes, I wouldn't doubt that Murkowski flips parties. ...as administrator. Now, that's a tough one in Alaska. As the agency under this administration reviews and potentially rescinds regulations that are promulgated under the previous administration, it is imperative that you engage with Congress and consider all perspectives before taking action. The agency under the previous administration, I think, struck the right regulatory balance on a number of key issues, and I would point to WOTUS as a specific example. You stated in a previous hearing that you are, quote, not satisfied, close quote, with the existing WOTUS rule. On WOTUS and many other regulations that significantly affect Alaska and the nation, my hope is that this administration not engage in the regulatory overreach that we saw under the Obama administration. So I credit you for your goal of finding common ground. Now, this is her supporting the infrastructure bill. And I can't stress how... Giving her little caveats. ...practice on these issues. Another issue where it's important to find common ground among diverse stakeholders is on long-term protections for the Bristol Bay watershed. Last week, I had an opportunity to visit Dillingham uh, out in the Bristol Bay region to begin discussions on what protections may be needed and and really the overall future of the region. I was able to reiterate my... She is a thrilling orator. ...long-term, durable solution and began the process to develop a legislative proposal based off of input... I was being facetious when I said that, by the way. 
And Administrator Regan, as I shared with you and the other EPA nominees that I have had an opportunity to speak with, I have been, I think I've been pretty clear in my concerns about the use of the 404C veto for the Pebble deposit. Um, I hope you'll be working with us on legislative protections and not relying. I, so the title of this clip was that she's trying to pass the infrastructure bill. It sounds to me like she's trying to pick it uh, to death. I'm not seeing much enthusiasm for the bill or for the Biden agenda. Elizabeth Warren. The core subject. The senator from Massachusetts. going to talk to us about crypto. Of this hearing is not Bitcoin or Dogecoin or any other cryptocurrency. Instead, it's the explosion of cryptocurrencies over the last decade that has created the context for understanding the potential value and risks of digital currency. There are substantial. I don't understand either, to be completely honest with you. System. Nearly 33 million. I know I'm stupid and I should have been mining it like eight or nine years ago. They're forced to use check cashers and payday lenders for basic banking services. And even those with traditional checking and savings accounts find that many of the largest banks have proven to be untrustworthy, gouging customers for overdraft or other fees, or in the case of Wells Fargo, just outright cheating their customers with fake accounts and fake services for which the customers pay dearly. So what are the alternatives? Digital currencies have been- We get the shaft so bad. Early advocates claim that cryptocurrencies would open up the financial system and deliver fast, cheap, and secure payments to anyone with an internet connection. Others pointed out that crypto was a way to avoid the risks of dealing with giant banks that squeezed customers dry. But crypto's promises haven't come to pass. Instead, here's what's happening in the real world. It seems like there's been a lot of manipulation by rich people on crypto. Crypto turned out to be a fourth-rate alternative to real currency. First, cryptocurrencies are a lousy way to buy and sell things. Unlike the dollar, their value fluctuates wildly, depending on the whims of speculative day traders. You know, in just the last two months, the value of Dogecoin increased by more than tenfold and then declined by nearly 60%. Now, that may work for speculators and fly-by-night investors. It does. That's not for regular people who are looking for a... People are manipulating the markets in order to be able to make that happen. ...day-to-day spending. Second, crypto is a lousy investment. Unlike, say, the stock market... Now, that I'm not so sure about. Currently has Her critiques no are valid. None. As a result, honest investors and people trying to put aside some savings are at the mercy of fraudsters. Uh, pump and dump schemes are outlawed in the case of ordinary stock, but they have become routine in crypto trading. One study that right there the level of price manipulation in cryptocurrency is, and I quote, unprecedented in modern markets. And third, crypto has become a haven for illegal activity online. Now that I'm okay with. That's totally cool with me. Other illegal activity have all been made easy. Not like trafficking, no. 
Experts estimate that last year more than $412 million was paid to criminals in ransom through cryptocurrencies. And unlike other payment systems that make it tough... I don't want extortion or anything. I want to buy drugs. A key feature of crypto is its secrecy. So just in the past few weeks, cryptocurrencies made it possible for hackers Uh to collect the ransom, to release the Colonial Pipeline hack, and to free... Oh, he didn't stop by. He just showed you his ass for a second. ...from paralyzing cyber attacks. And every hack... This one's looking awful cute over here. ...with a cryptocurrency becomes an advertisement for more hackers to try more cyber attacks. I, we are going to see more cyber attacks going forward. Many cryptocurrencies... I haven't checked in with the beef industry. I don't know how they're doing. Uh, it involves using computers to solve useless mathematical puzzles in exchange for newly minted cryptocurrency tokens. Such mining has devastating consequences for the climate. Some crypto mining is set up near coal plants, spewing out filth in return for a chance to harvest a few crypto coins. Total energy consumption is staggering. I think it's more than a few. If, for example, Bitcoin, just one of the cryptocurrencies, were a country, it would already be the 33rd largest energy user in the world, using more energy yearly than all of the networks. Wow. And all those promised benefits, the currency that would be available at no cost to millions of unbanked families, and that would provide a haven from the tricks and traps of big banks, well, those benefits haven't materialized. Meanwhile, cryptocurrency has created opportunities to scam investors, assist criminals, and worsen the climate crisis. The threats posed by crypto show that Congress and federal regulators can't continue to hide out, hoping crypto will go away. It won't. It's time to... Is that what they've been hoping? Crypto has... Is that the way Congress has been looking at it? Holy shit. I would say that that shows the ignorance of Congress then. Banks have dragged their heels for years resisting innovation and evidently taking the same hide-and-wait approach to facing the worldwide movement into cryptocurrencies. Central bank digital currency, which is often called CBDC because the world needs another acronym, uh, digital currency from central (laughs) banks has great promise. Legitimate digital public money could help drive out bogus digital private money it could help improve what do you hear on the TPL and the safety of our financial system if that digital public money is well designed and efficiently executed, which are two very big ifs. So I'm looking forward to hearing from our witnesses today about how a central bank digital currency would work. Oh, I I need to know more about it. I have no clue about any of that shit. I've looked into mining it. I can't get the software to work. Oh shit. Interesting developments. Look, I've always. In uh, Florida earlier today, Val Demings, a former representative from the state of Florida, very popular in the state of Florida. 
announced she is going to challenge Senator Marco Rubio. Always known that my opponent, Little Marco, going to be a far left liberal Democrat. Today we just found out which one of them Chuck Schumer's picked. I'm looking forward to this campaign because it's going to offer the people of Florida a very clear difference. You know, Congresswoman Val Demings is a do-nothing House member with not a single significant legislative achievement in her time. Oh, she's still in the House. Oh, my bad. By comparison, one nonpartisan group ranked me the, the most effective Republican in the entire Senate. A second nonpartisan group ranked me number two out of 100 in leadership. I thought she had some kind of a state third post right now. nonpartisan group ranked me among the most bipartisan senators. And a fourth recognized my office as the best in the Senate in constituent service. You know that during the pandemic, while Congresswoman Demings was sitting back home praising the governors of New York and California and hysterically predicting that we were going to have mass death if we didn't keep our schools closed and our entire economy on lockdown. Well, I was well we, we, we did, sir. To write and to pass the bipartisan PPP program that saved half a million Florida small businesses and millions of Florida jobs. You know that while Congresswoman Demings that on- that his version of the PPP the PPP program the one that the Republicans passed last year was insane like it was fucking giving shit to Ruth fuck Ruth Chris Steakhouse and shit remember holy fuck no <laughs> on TV calling plans to defund the police thoughtful. And describing a violent... We had multiple reports that was rife with fraud. I was writing and passing the VA Accountability Act to help our veterans. You know that while Congresswoman Demings was voting against voter ID laws, voting against deporting gang members who are illegal aliens, I was almost single-handedly getting the child tax credit double for working Americans. And while Congresswoman Demings was... Oh, ho, ho, he is taking credit. He did the child tax credit. Oh, you are taking credit for a Democratic proposal, sir, that I'm sure you voted against. How dare you, Marco? Socialist Nancy Pelosi, by the way, 100% of the time, I was being hit with sanctions and a travel ban by the Communist Party of China. I was getting death threats from the socialist Maduro regime in Venezuela. And all this isn't even the half of it. So in the weeks ahead, the voters of Florida are going to be reminded of my record of significant and common sense achievements. And they're also going to learn more about how ineffective and far left and extremist. The Little Marco's significant achievements. Yeah, right. You know who's dumber than Marco Rubio? Representative Louis Gohmert. This was during a hearing on uh, natural resources. He's asking someone, an official from the Forest Service, this asinine question. And from what's been testified to the Forest Service and the BLM, you want very much to... The Bureau of Land Management, I assume. He's not actually talking about the... I was uh, social movement uh, informed by the media past director of NASA that they have found that the moon's orbit is changing slightly. And so is the Earth's orbit around the sun. Uh, we know there's been uh, significant solar flare activity. Um, and so is there anything that the National Forest Service or BLM can do to uh, change the course of the moon's orbit or the Earth's orbit around. 
Right wingers are morons. Change the course of the moon's orbit or the Earth's orbit around the sun. Obviously, that would have profound effects on our climate. I would have to follow up with you on that one, Mr. Gold. Like, okay, like he had like this little smirk. He's dead fucking deadpan serious. And he's got this little smirk. I would have to follow is he proud of himself or did he realize how stupid he sounds? <laughs> oh my god! Oh. Is, is he serious? Uh, significant solar flare activity. Um, and so, is there anything that the National Forest Service or BLM can do to uh, change? And he's asking specifically the National Forest Service or the Bureau of Land Management if they can alter the orbit of the Earth or the Moon. Um, and so, is there anything that the National Forest Service or BLM can do to? Uh, change the course of the moon's orbit or the Earth's orbit around the sun. Obviously, that would have profound effects on our climate. Obviously, it would have profound effects. I would have to follow up with you on that one, Mr. Gomert. Yeah. Well, if you figure out a way that you in the uh, Forest Service can make that change, I'd like to know. Uh, Also, just to uh, put on your Okay, let's let's say that it was a plausible idea. Why would he be asking the Forest Service or the Bureau of Land Management? And why would it even fall to the U.S. government to do something like that? Let alone those two ages, that poor woman is like, well, clearly that's above my pay grade. I... We're stupid? You think we're fools? Yes. Yes, Rudy. I do. Every last one of you. You're all fucking stupid. Speaking of which, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, she co-sponsored this Fire Fauci Act, and it's doubled its co-sponsors following the email dump. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene's push is coming to us from Newsweek. Uh, Rep. Greene's push to terminate Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, is gaining some traction in the House among her Republican colleagues. Greene has been a vocal critic of Fauci and introduced the Fire Fauci Act in May, a bill that would reduce his salary to zero. The release of thousands of pages of Fauci's emails only increased Republican criticism of the infectious disease expert, and in the week since they were published, five more House Republicans signed on to Green's bill. Before the emails were released, Green had four co-sponsors for the Fire Fauci Act. On Tuesday, the number increased to nine when Representatives Mo Brooks and 
I didn't pull it for tonight, but uh, the private investigator has given his side of the story of what happened. He knocked on Moe's door, walked off of the property, waited until Moe's wife pulled in, I'm sorry, Congressman Brooks's wife pulled into the driveway. He walks up the driveway while she's still in her car and, like, hands her the, <laughs> the fucking, serves her with the court order. Now, Mo has filed charges for criminal trespass over a completely mundane interaction where he is avoiding a legitimate court order. Sorry, just had to point that out there. Reps Buddy Carter, Bob Good, and Matt Gates became co-sponsors on Friday. Carter told Newsweek he signed the legislation in part because America needs to fully understand what happened and why and make sure it never happens again. Do this, we need strong leadership, not Dr. Fauci, who simply wants to stay relevant and control the lives of Americans. Oh yeah, because that's what the email showed. We have all seen with our own eyes now how troubling Fauci's emails are, and it's past time for him to step aside. Have we, sir? Which email is so troubling to you so that we can like actually talk about it? The bill wouldn't explicitly terminate Fauci from his position, but it would reduce the salary of his position to zero until a new director was named. It takes issue with Fauci's original advice that people not wear masks and changing the threshold for herd immunity. Now, if if they are referring to the February email before before the pandemic was widespread, this was like February 5th, he sends the email and tells a woman not to wear a mask. One, the pandemic is not widespread yet. She's doing uh, domestic travel. She's not traveling internationally, if I remember correctly. I'm pretty sure it said domestic travel. This is February 5th, remember of 2020 and he tells her it's okay to not wear a mask now clearly by what was it the beginning of May end of April they understood how airborne the virus was and that was the reason for the mask mandates and we know for a fact that if everyone were to wear a mask Virus transmission just plummets almost to zero. That's what the research showed. Because the Yale report showed lockdowns weren't necessary if everyone wore a mask and adhered to social distancing guidelines. It's that simple. Sorry, Republicans, you fucking idiots. Along with reducing his salary, Green's bill would prompt an audit of Fauci's office's emails, text messages, policy memoranda, and financial transactions from October 2019 through December 31st. Although Green's seen additional support for her bill after Fauci's emails were published on June 1st, 
it's unlikely to become a law. Passing it would require Democratic support, and it's unlikely to receive it, as many Democrats are sticking by Fauci, and Green has a tense relationship with the other side of the aisle, as well as facts or the truth. Green's not backing down from her criticism, though, and on Tuesday advocated for Fauci to be held criminally liable for the pandemic. She's told Steve Bannon on his podcast that Fauci, Steve Bannon, who, is he out on bond right now? At like, talk about being held criminally liable. That Fauci needs to get a lawyer because she believes he's criminally liable for what happened with COVID-19. This is a quote from Green. Anthony Fauci was using American tax dollars and sending it to the Wuhan lab to fund this research that was creating viruses. Why is there any need to create a virus that can spread rapidly through a population, make people sick, and kill them? That's a bioweapon out on pardon. Oh, shit. So we need to be very clear about what was the intent of COVID-19 and these viruses. That they experiment with the like, some sort of Dr. Frankenstein experiments. That was Green's quote to Steve Bannon. Now... We do have new information that there was actually talk about if it could be a lab leak. Classified report with early support for lab leak theory reemerges as a focal point for lawmakers digging into COVID-19 origins. So... Classified report drafted last year warning that the COVID-19 pandemic might have leaked from a lab in Wuhan has reemerged as a focal point with lawmakers seeking to revive the search for answers. The report, which was issued by researchers at the government-backed Lawrence Livermore, uh, yeah, Livermore National uh, Laboratory in May of 2020, found that it was possible that the coronavirus escaped from a lab in Wuhan, according to four people familiar with the document. I, I, didn't we have a report issued that stated the possible origins? And it said, you know, the first one was that it was zoonotic. The second was that it leaked from a lab. It's not clear how influential the paper's findings were in advancing the government's understanding of the virus's origin. Notice, like, it, like this story here is probably coming to us from a Nick Star or Sinclair... News organization KRDO. This is a local news report. Just by, I, I figured that just by the way it's framing everything, it doesn't state, you know, that it was highly likely. It just says that it was possible that the coronavirus escaped. And I think that we've always known that. That it was always a possibility. However, I don't think researchers think that's where it came from. The document has been quietly available to key lawmakers on Capitol Hill since last year, according to two congressional sources. But some Republicans on Capitol Hill are are expressing frustration that they didn't have access to the document sooner. 
GOP members of the Energy and Commerce Committee have pressed the Energy Department in recent weeks for more information about the report, which is classified top secret. Ah, yes, Sinclair Broadcast Group was the first to report on the document's existence. And they're doing it, you know, through secondhand sources. And all it says was that it was possible that it leaked from a lab. So this seems like a pretty nothing piece of evidence. However, all these stories like this are causing idiots to do stupid things like this. Coming to us from Ohio. This is a semi-prominent anti-vaccine doctor, Terry Tenpenny, testifying in favor of a bill to prohibit any Ohio business or school from mandating vaccines. Tenpenny breathlessly dismisses concerns as living in fear while insisting alleged deaths from vaccines are a major issue. Uh, let's hear from Tenpenny. That is killed. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I fucked that up. Where'd you go? Think of any other product you're thinking. If, there is a, if you can think of any other product in any other industry that has killed more than 5,000 people stated in the VAERS database, and even if... if, if and if perhaps you're listening to this on podcast, she looks exactly as you think she would look. Only half of those are true. 2,500 deaths in six months of use, and it's still full court press, full steam ahead. So it makes one have to wonder why. Why are we still doing this? Why are we putting people... I don't know what she's talking about. There's been no deaths associated with the vaccine that I know of. Thinking, if there is a... If you can think of any other... I I have no evidence of that at all. Some of the... So here we go. Some of the information that I think had been discussed on your podcast related to EMF... Oh, her podcast! And, and it was you, because now, because right now that? we're all kind of um, hypothesizing. I mean, what is it that's actually being transmitted that's causing all of these things? Is it a combination of the protein, which now we're finding has a metal attached to it? I'm sure you've seen the pictures all over the internet of people who've had these shots, and now they're magnetized. They can put a key on their forehead; it sticks. They can put spoons and forks all over them, and they can stick. Because now we think that there's a metal piece to that. There has been people who've long suspected that there. I bet I could make a key stick to my forehead. Hold on a second. Let's do a little experiment, shall we? Magnetized? Can I stick it? Now, technically, I'm not fully vaccinated yet. That hits like this weekend. So maybe, maybe my magnetism hasn't taken effect. No, ma'am. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid uh, your hypothesis is off. 
there was some sort of an interface, yet to be defined, an interface between what's being injected in these shots and all of the 5G towers. Holy fuck, I wish we could have James Randi testify. Rest in peace, motherfucker. Oh my god. Not proven yet, but we're trying to figure out what is it that's being transmitted to these unvaccinated people. What? Some of the information that I think... Oh, I got the microchip shot. Oh, okay. Is it? Well, I mean, my all my electronics started going weird, like wild after I got the final shot. Remember? And I was down for a week. I, did the vaccine fuck with it? I was pretty sure that when uh, my stream got cut off on Monday, it was because I was talking about the Fauci emails, and Fauci has this cabal is able to cut off my stream because I was getting to the truth. Alright, speaking of nut jobs. Cue a mom confronting my mom's conspiracy theories. This is Mr. Donnelly and Tammy. John Donnelly filmed Attempt to remove mom, Tammy, from the pool of QAnon. This is this is the independent. It's the UK. So. The phrasing kind of threw me off there. Eight minutes of Sean Donnelly's short film, uh, short film, confronting his mother's, uh, confronting his mother are uncomfortable to watch. Well, that's what we're gonna do. I just wanted to get a little background on who the fuck he was, but I guess we're not going to go into it. So here it is. This is Cue Mom confronting my mom's conspiracy theories. Hi, Sandara. Hi, Tita. That is a gorgeous fuck. Is that a, a, a peacock or a... Handsome, handsome boy. So we don't know where they came from. We feel very lucky. A couple of different exotic birds. I, I lo- they give me lots of joy. This is my mom. Gorgeous. She's the sweetest person I know and the last person on earth that I expected to get sucked into the dark world of internet conspiracy theories. That opening is hilarious. Hey, what happened to the Christian capitalist? I, would I thought he was going to cause some trouble. I was looking forward to it. Her back with my findings, usually that they were not true at all. But she never cared because she never trusted any of my sources. I decided to just ignore all the emails and avoid talking politics whenever I saw her. But over time, it just started to seep into pretty much every conversation. Hey, mom. Kind of hard to avoid. I don't believe we've had a pandemic. I believe it was a plandemic. If you look at Rockefeller's lockstep, it was planned in 2010. It's all laid out exactly. It has to do with a new world order. Okay, but we can all agree that these wildfires are pretty intense, right? Oh, I do not believe the wildfires in California and Oregon are natural. I've actually seen the blue beams in many videos, so I believe it's definitely direct energy weapons. Maybe we just... Is this the Jewish space lasers? 
I definitely feel he's a pedophile. Definitely. Because he makes jokes at Pizzagate and everything. The people that make all the jokes about it. Of all the... My man Dan is crooked. I can't fix it because it's like the opposite. He's a big part of it. All right. Let's just talk about music. Did you hear the new Lady Gaga album? She's really a bad satanic. She's really into the Brain on spirit me. cooking. I've seen pictures of her at the spirit Ooh. cooking where they're eating human meat and they have like a naked body in the middle of the table. And I think that was a scene from American Horror Story, ma'am. Decided that the best way to put her ideas to the test was the old-fashioned way, by betting some cold, hard cash. $100 on each one. $100 on each one. So what? what is bet number one? Bet number one is... By April 1st, Biden will not be in office. <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun. And Nancy Pelosi and Brennan and Comey will all be arrested. I don't want to name too many names, but I'm just going to say $100 at A Star. You puppy. People in the music and in Hollywood will be arrested for pedophilia and satanic. Um, Worshipping and sacrifices. I'll give you. Well, some Marilyn money. Manson got arrested for rape or assault or something uh, like that. Oprah. Okay, I think it'll be a. We usually call that one a wash. Nobody wins a hundred on that. That uh, huge election fraud with the Dominion machines. Also, I think it's going to be proven that Capitol Hill on January six was definitely Antifa and Black Lives Matter, and it was hundred percent. Arranged. Right now, I believe. Does she come around? Does she accept the, the proof? Are in control. Why there's all this? Is this a separate bet? Yeah. Because I do believe the Pope will be arrested for uh, being a pedophile and child molestation. Now, you're gonna now, th- now that that's plausible, ma'am. I'm with you on that one. You probably won't be able to get out of bed in the morning. And you're going to probably call your mother and say, I can't believe all the crazy crap that you showed me all these years is really true. (laughs) So this is the fantasy that you live in? (laughs) No, I think it's going to happen. That bet. Before she got deep into all this, stuff, I I can't wait to see the results of this. Things like foot baths, protecting herself from electromagnetic frequencies, and these lasers. How oh, she, she was into crystals and shit. Point B, I will never understand. I've begged her many times to stop sending me anything through the internet. Even Grandma thinks she's loony. To take over my screen, and I can't get them to stop. She feels like she wants to know the truth. And so she feels like when she's watching these things, that it really is the truth. But I keep trying to tell her all the time that um, it's almost a fool's errand to think that you always know what the truth is. I'm very pleased that she doesn't care that I... Used a little bit of Occam's razor there. ...with everything that she thinks. She's fine with me going my way and her going her way. So I think that as far as the marriage goes, it's great. Viruses to her own mother. <laughs> I, I think they was like everything gradual. I think when she first of course religion was involved in it. Telephone calls, <laughs> and um, then as time went on, yeah, I'd say that she's pretty much on her phone most of the day. 
if she could be in a room all day and just watch one video after the other. Well, there's your issue. Now, I'm one to talk, by the way. But once again, not all addictions are bad. But I've, well, I've tried to turn my addiction into a show and like... Oh, there's some other good addictions. <laughs> capitalist. Uh, meditating. All right, here we go. Moment of truth. Is she even going to pay up? Got in your hand there. Seven Benjamins that I oh, shit. I'm very happy to depart with. I feel like I easily won the election fraud. If it wasn't for these facts checkers uh, debunking it all, but I believe it's real. All right, well, any final thoughts about what we learned here today? I was thinking of doubling my money, of course. So I was thinking I was going to... Oh, 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 she's going to take another bet. No fucking way. No, she's going to go double nothing. Ah, no, 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 no. But... <laughs> so she still believes all the things she believes, but she accepted the fact checkers enough that she would hand over the money. I give her props on that, at least. Win. But now I realize the way everything works. I was too optimistic. I still believe they're all true. I, oh, Trump's going to be in office by August now. That's what yeah. she believes. They should have been. Uh, I would just say that we do not have a medical pandemic or epidemic. We also state that COVID-19 should not be on list A uh, for any long I'm not sure exactly what I expected. I knew these bets weren't going to suddenly change her mind and make her give up on all these conspiracies. But at the end of the day, I think they did make her <laughs> a little bit less confident in them. Would you say that there's anything you want to make any new bets about? No. <laughs> Well, at least she won't be... She still believes this shit. She just isn't going to make a bet on it. She's not that fucking confident anymore. <laughs> or she just thinks that, you know, the media is against her. Can't trust the sources you used anyway. All right. Are you guys ready for this? This was just a few hours ago in the Pennsylvania State House. So a Democratic rep rightfully calls out the Republican Party for exactly what they are. Mad props to this guy. Now, I only heard a little bit of the, like, I cut it off about halfway through. I'm like, yep, yep, I want to play this. So, here we go. Debating a bill that will never become law. But this feels normal for far too many of us. This is just another act in a political theater that has plagued this chamber for far This is long. the Democrat we're hearing from. We are a legislature that has met more to remove mask mandates, strip executive emergency powers, and overturn free and fair elections than we have to make strategic investments in Pennsylvania's women, children, and families. Lastly, Mr. Speaker, it is not lost on me, and I'm sure it's not lost on many of the members here today, that this legislation is just one more unnecessary overreach in a grossly, predictably, misogynistic agenda an agenda pursued by a house that uh, by a party that is 100% white in a chamber that is 70% male oh you're booze me nothing speaker 
That's enough. Your booze mean nothing to me. I've seen who you suspend. cheer for. The gentleman will. He's a Rick and Morty van. <laughs> we'll suspend. Mr. Smith, we're going to hear from the Speaker of the House, the Republican. I believe these comments are inflammatory to our members and to this esteemed chamber. We have tried to give the comments, the comments, which was just pointing out the actual statistics. He was correct about your party being 100% white and the chamber being 70% male. I would assume the majority of those are on the Democratic side, the 30% female, the majority of which are Democratic. I'm, I'm positive. Latitude on this issue, both yesterday and today, but I will not have our members impugned or insulted or this kind of behavior on this floor. Are you not 100% white? Gentlemen, is out of order. 100% white, 70% male. Mr. Speaker. Turn off his mic. Those should be struck in from the record. The gentleman will suspend. I believe it did. Like they got it stricken from the record. This was on a anti-abortion bill. They did indeed have it stricken from the record, and they shut down the floor. These motherfuckers. They are shameless. I wish right-wingers could feel embarrassment. It would save the rest of us a hell of a lot of headache. By who I'm sure is feeling embarrassment now is the company that owns the Keystone XL pipeline. Canada's TC Energy Corp. And the Albertan uh, provincial government said Wednesday they would scuttle the Keystone XL oil pipeline project, bringing to an end a years-long controversy over an effort to pipe more Canadian crude to the U.S. The decision had been expected after President Biden used his first day in office to revoke a key permit for the pipeline. It marks a historic victory for environmentalists who for a decade have made Keystone XL the focus of a campaign to block new pipeline construction as a way to limit oil consumption that contributes to global warming. TC Energy gave little explanation for its final decision in a Wednesday news release. It alluded to Mr. Biden's decision and said it had completed a comprehensive review of its options before making the final decision to terminate the project said that going forward, it would build its businesses in shipping and storing natural gas, liquid fuels, and power to meet growing North American demand for cleaner fuels. Hey, sounds like that policy was a good thing. Groups like 350.org, which targeted Keystone XL, are also pressuring Wall Street to curb fossil fuel extraction and were a florist behind activist investors winning board seats at ExxonMobil Corp. earlier this month. Yeah, I didn't talk about that. That was that week that uh, I was having issues. Environmental groups called TC's decision a landmark moment 
and 350.org pointed to its own history of leading sit-ins against Keystone XL in front of the White House. It said it would work to defeat more pipelines. I know one that flows through Appalachia! Emboldened by the successful fight against Keystone XL, protesters have taken aim at other Canadian pipelines. On Monday, protesters in Minnesota clashed with police as they demonstrated against uh, Enbridge Inc.'s construction of its crude oil Line 3 artery through the state. In Michigan, Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer is trying to revoke a permit that allows the company to transport oil and natural gas under the Great Lakes. Now that seems like a disaster waiting to happen. Mr. Biden's permit cancellation was a major setback for Canadian oil producers and the Canadian government, which had urged... By the way, we're going to talk about something really fucked up with the Canadian government here in just a little bit. If you haven't heard the story about the mass graves, prepare to hold on to your 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 asses. Uh, The cancellation was a major setback for Canadian oil producers and the Canadian government, which had urged Mr. Biden to help salvage the eight billion dollar project immediately after his election. Keystone XL has been mired in court challenges and left in limbo by shifting U.S. uh, political leadership since it was initially proposed in 2008. That was a time of record oil prices and, you know, the Obama administration making a push to uh, drill more and uh, import more oil into the United States to break our dependency on foreign oil, which he did, which was one of the things that led to the low gas prices during the Trump administration. That was a time of record oil prices and the pipeline was pitched as a key artery to eventually bring 830,000 barrels a day of Canadian crude from Alberta to Nebraska and then to refineries on the U.S. Gulf Coast. Since then, Canadian oil producers have been rocked by falling oil prices and the government had doubled down on getting approval for the project as a lifeline, as a lifeline for the industry. That's how key this was. It's how big this victory is. But Mr. Biden agreed with environmentalists who said opening that avenue for more crude into the U.S. conflicted with a need to respond to climate change by shifting to cleaner sources of energy. He said allowing the project to go ahead would undercut the country's international credibility as Mr. Biden tried to push other countries to lower their greenhouse gas emissions. Good God Biden here in this situation. It took a hell of a lot of pressure to get him to do that, though. Now, the Biden administration is not taking the correct position when it comes to the DOJ under Trump. Merrick Garland answering questions today about the Trump uh, defamation lawsuit and the DOJ's representation of him. A few weeks, your department has endorsed some highly controversial uh, Positions taken by the former president's Justice Department may have expressed concerns about that. For example, the uh, Trump DOJ removed from the state court to federal court a 
defamation charge uh, involving a assault fork allegation again. against Donald Trump by uh, a woman. Um, the release of the OLC memo on obstruction of justice, conclusions, and so on. How is this coming about? Are, are these criticisms uh, valid, or wh what do you say about them? Senator, I'm grateful for you asking me the question, and uh, I know all, I know about the criticisms. Look, the job of the Justice Department uh, in making decisions of law is not to back uh, any administration, previous or present. Our job is to represent the American people. And um, uh, our job... I don't think you were representing the American people by defending Trump in a defamation lawsuit. Not at all, sir. That's, that, that's the issue here that we're talking about. In doing so is to ensure adherence to the rule of law, which is the fundamental requirement of a democracy or a republic or a representative democracy. And the essence of the rule of law is what I said when I accepted the nomination for attorney general. It is that like cases be treated alike, that there not be one rule for Democrats and another for Republicans, that there not be one rule for friends and another for foes. Now, it is not always easy to apply that rule. Sometimes it means that we have to make a decision about... Well, I guess he's saying the DOJ always defends the president in office. strongly disagree with... In civil litigation. ...policy. But in every case... The job of the Justice Department is to make the best judgment it can. I don't know. I don't. I don't think that. What? What's that precedent? Requires. Now, matters of policy, of course, are completely different, and that explains why we have reversed this policies of the previous administration many times over the last three months, and why we have initiated our own policies that are distinctly different from those of the previous administration. But this is an important issue, the distinction between law and policy. And it's at the... Well, I'm wondering, has, has there been... I was trying to think of another civil case against a, a sitting president. Wasn't Whitewater going on with Clinton and didn't he defend himself? I do not believe the DOJ defended Clinton in Whitewater. Was that still a matter while he was in office? I would have to go back and check on that. But I don't think the DOJ took that position then. So I, I, I don't understand why the DOJ would take the position with Trump. Because he's saying it's a matter of president. Like, oh, the DOJ just always does that. I, I don't think that's true. But also, like, I don't know that for a fact. Rule of law for which the Justice Department stands. Well, as you know, when you and I have had discussions on other matters... I think I've been first to say that uh, there may be areas we agree or disagree with you, but follow the law, and uh, which is basically what I've said to every attorney general uh, from Republican I, or Democratic administration. Since I don't think Leahy is all there anymore. There, we, we have too many people in Congress that like don't even know where they're at. Diane Feinstein and Patrick Leahy are two shining examples of that. 
Now, an Inspector General's report has found that police did not clear Lafayette Park last year for the famous Trump photo op where he held up the Bible. Let's see what, what they actually attribute it to. U.S. Park Police and assisting uh, law enforcement did not clear peaceful protesters from outside the White House last year so then-President Trump could pose for a photo in front of a nearby church, according to a government watchdog report released on Wednesday. The move was planned several hours before USPP knew of Trump's visit, but widespread failure to coordinate across seven law enforcement agencies contributed to confusion and the unauthorized use of chemical irritants on Black Lives Matter protesters, the Interior Department's Office of Inspector General found. I don't know if I'm buying it. Evidence shows the USPP moved to clear the park last summer to allow a contractor to safely install anti-skill fencing, per the report. Lawmakers had accused police of clearing the crowd to enable Trump's photo op Protesters had been demonstrating against the police killings of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and other black people. The evidence we obtained did not support a finding that the USPP cleared the park to allow the president to survey the damage and walk to St. John's Church, the report said. We found that the USPP does not have a detailed dispersal warning policy applicable to operations like the one that occurred on June 1st and that this may have led to the ineffective warnings issued to the crowd that day. It was just ineffective warnings. It was just a coincidence that Trump walked over there. The USPP's three dispersal warnings through a sound-amplifying long-range acoustic device did not reach all protesters. (laughs) Some officers began dispersing protesters before the USPP issued its final warning. Multiple officers told us they either did not hear the warnings or could not clearly hear the information conveyed in the warnings. One USPP officer told us that given the size and noise level of the crowd, he believed it was that uh, it was unlikely that all protesters could hear the warnings. The USPP and Secret Service also did not use a shared radio to communicate, while the USPP primarily relied on oral communication to convey information to other law enforcement agencies. Uh, U.S. Park Police. Video obtained by the USPP showed Metropolitan Police Department officers dispersing what appeared to be Uh, CS gas on the protesters, the report said. It added that the park police officers were surprised by the presence of CS gas since it was not authorized for use in the clearing of the park. The report also confirmed that pepper balls were used on protesters. Trump praised the findings through his office shortly after the report was released. Thank you to the Department of Interior Inspector General for completely and totally exonerating me in the clearing of Lafayette Park. The report does not address allegations of use of force incidents as those are the subject of separate inquiries and ongoing lawsuits. 
At the time, the U.S. Parks Police defended its actions, saying that the agency is committed to peaceful expression of First Amendment rights but cannot tolerate violence to citizens or officers or damage to our nation's resources that we are entrusted to protect. Sounds like bullshit to me. Speaking of bullshit, the statue of Confederate General, by the way, like, before we get into this, I want to point out what General Robert E. Lee actually said. He was actually asked about Confederate monuments. Oh, hold on. He actually has a very handy quote. He said, I think it wiser not to keep open the sores of war, but to follow the examples of those nations who endeavor to obliterate the marks of civil strife to commit to oblivion the feelings uh, engendered. So please keep that in mind that the man we're talking about removing his statue, did not want a statue of him for the very reason that we have seen. For all you that think that, you know, removing statues is removing history. Which is not my audience, I I realize that. Charlottesville lawmakers voted unanimously on Monday to remove two of the Confederate statues that were at the center of the deadly Unite the Right rally, which, by the way, was indeed a Nazi rally. When people tell you, like, Trump was misquoted, the both people on bo- or the good people on both sides, this was a literal Nazi rally organized by neo-Nazis. The Washington Post reported that the Charlottesville City Council agreed to remove statues of Confederate generals Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson, which were on display in public parks. The local leaders approved the removal of the statues shortly after the 2017 white nationalist rally, I'm glad the Hill, uh, correctly identified it as such. (laughs) Shut up, warlord. (laughs) where one counter-protester was hit by a car and killed. A number of city groups then filed a lawsuit against the city to preserve the monuments. Later on in 2019, a Virginia state judge issued a permanent injunction that prohibited the statues from being moved. Circuit Judge Richard Moore had ruled the state law prohibits moving war memorials and that transporting the statues would be a violation of the law. In April, however, the Virginia Supreme Court threw out the lawsuit, allowing Charlottesville or any other community in the state to decide for itself if the Confederate statue should remain, according to the Post. And those statues being in Charlottesville, like I, the, there's a reason why that was a Nazi rallying point. Because the people of Charlottesville are really progressive. That is where the University of Virginia is. It is a college town. It's super cool. If you have never been to Charlottesville, Virginia, it is a really neat city. I uh, highly recommend it. 
So it really was like a source of pride for the white nationalists to have those monuments in that city, which is incredibly progressive. I believe there were some schools that have been renamed. Hopefully. All right, so this is a page I follow on Facebook called Being Conservative 2.0. I guess the first one got nuked. Tweeted out, uh, or they shared out Benny Johnson's tweet. Weird how everyone who screamed about racism and white supremacy for the last four years are completely silent about a member of First Family, Hunter Biden, using the N-word multiple times along with racist stereotypes and memes. Isn't this what you have been waiting for? And one of the trolls brought it up last night, and I didn't even know what he was talking about. Um, Warlord actually alerted uh, alerted me to what went on. I actually don't give a shit. Benny, uh, no. No, 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 no. This is not what I have been waiting for by any stretch of the imagination. Hunter Biden has absolutely nothing to do with fucking anything. I care about policy. Do do you understand? Hunter Biden has no bearing on policy. This is what they call a red herring in logic. Now, I know in right-wingers' twisted little minds, they think they're calling out hypocrisy. But it's actually not because I care about shit like, you know, public policy, like having the statue of a man who didn't want a statue of himself displayed on public land to begin with. That's a matter of public policy. They do this. They, there's another one they're very fond of when it comes to police shootings. They like to bring up, well, why aren't they protesting criminals? Because someone being a criminal is not a matter of public policy. A, poli- a police officer shooting someone in the street is a matter of public policy. I pay for that. I pay for the officer's salary. I dictate what the police department should be able to do and not do. And I think they're violating the Constitution. So it is a red herring to distract from the actual argument. I do not give a shit that Hunter Biden dropped in bombs in private conversations that were never meant to see the light of day. Am I taking up for Hunter Biden? No, it's not relevant. It's to distract from actual policy. Because if you watch this show, I actually like talking about policy. We watch fucking, what, at least 30 minutes of committee hearings at the start of the show before we started talking about this bullshit. And sir, that is all the time Hunter Biden's in-bombs are going to get. I'm not even going to look up what it was, what the story is. I have no clue. I don't know what context he dropped in-bombs. I don't give a shit. Tones, what do you mean by BDS? We're going to boycott, divest, and uh, sanction Hunter Biden? 
All right. Okay. So this is going to be a fun one. Hopefully. TikTok set her Confederate flag on fire in a viral video. You jumped ahead of me there. The hill with your autoplay feature. Biden derangement syndrome. Okay. Biden derangement syndrome. I, the people that talk about TDS, they're the ones that have the TDS, by the way. All right, so this should be a moment of zen, if you will. Oh, fuck. God damn it. TikTokers and their copyrighted material. Well, I don't like playing TikTok videos. All right, she is burning her Confederate flag on the caption. It says, I'm sorry if I ever showed I was racist from a flag. We burn it tonight. I'm sorry our culture taught us this was okay. It's not. I'm white. I'm a redneck, but never racist. Ripped to this racist flag. I do believe she explains herself here. Yeah, this is actually a really good question. And um, I don't really remember being taught about it in schools. Like, it wasn't like, this is the flag, and this is what it means. It wasn't that. Like, I don't remember ever learning about it in school. In the South, everybody flags, everybody flies the flags. So it was more like, okay, well, everybody else is doing it, so that's something that we should do. That's really it. Like, we, I don't think that we were ever properly taught at all. Very good point, Tones. We were, I just don't remember. I never liked history anyways, but for us in this house personally, it was just like, well... It's just a popular thing around here. Like, you go to the grocery store, and there's somebody sitting on the parking lot selling Confederate flags. And for anyone anyone that is, like, on the fence about whether it's a racist symbol or not, that's not actually the Confederate flag. The Confederacy itself was racist as shit. I mean, obviously. But that's not even the flag of the Confederacy. That is the battle flag of Tennessee that they're flying. The, 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 the one that we know as the rebel flag is the battle flag of Tennessee and the reason why it was popularized was because of the Ku Klux Klan. They adopted the battle flag of Tennessee because the Klan was invented in Pulaski, Tennessee. Racist as shit, right? Flags and American flags and it's just, I guess it looks cool or it looked cool or that's really all. That's why you see people all the time on TikTok saying it's just about culture and this and that. It's it's just, in the South, it's just normal. That's all. That's all. I get what she's saying, though. Like, she doesn't even know. It is normal. As someone from the South, I can tell you it is, it is ubiquitous. That I don't know. The thing about the C Battalion flag. But hey, you know, it's not just about Confederate flags. You give these liberals an inch, they take a mile. They're coming for your American flags now. New York Times columnist has been in some hot water over an opinion article she wrote. Now she's she's being canceled cultured by the right. We're going to hear former Governor Scott Walker talk about it on the Newsmax. So you know I'm not high enough for this shit. Uh, visiting a really dear friend, 
And I was really disturbed. I saw, you know, dozens and dozens of... This is the New York Times columnist. uh, You know, uh, explicatives against Joe Biden uh, on the back of them, uh, Trump flags, and some cases just dozens of American flags, which, you know, uh, is also just disturbing because essentially the message was clear. It was, this is my country. This is not... Your yeah. country. This is what the left is. That is that is absolutely disturbing to me. Fucking six months ago, you motherfuckers tried to take over the country. You think you're the real Americans. That is disturbing to me. Patriots complain about taking away your American flag. I okay, so that was the first time I actually heard her statement. It was far more innocuous than what what the headlines made it out to be. But let's let's hear the right wingers and their take on it. It's all about it's about division, and I think that's part of the reason why in the earlier segment we saw the votes that we're seeing in Texas, particularly in that case with a large number of Hispanic uh, voters. Uh, people want to be drawn towards opportunity and freedom. They don't want socialism and division, and that's what the left is sowing. Uh, they they think if you don't fully embrace every single idea and belief that they have somehow there's something wrong with you. You're an outcast. As conservatives, our view is just the opposite. No, that is a projection, motherfucker. Your party is 100% homogenous. Every single person believes the same goddamn thing in your party. The Democratic Party is like... Leftists fight with each other. People that consider themselves fucking leftists fight with... with, I I did the raid into into Sun Soul's room last night. He was fighting with a tanky. There is so much diversity of thought in this party. Your party is 100%. Like, you have to have these tenets. You have to be pro-life, pro-gun, call yourself MAGA, even though, like... That doesn't mean anything. You have to act like you're a patriot with stupid-ass flags behind you. And Yeah, this is Scott Walker from, uh, what was it, Wisconsin? Yeah, former governor of Wisconsin. Who, like, e- like even his own party thought he was so bad. Like, I-, I can't remember the whole story. Like, they admitted that he was a horrible governor. We love America so much. We want those freedoms and opportunities. Or maybe America. I'm thinking. Of, I'm thinking of Brownback. I'm sorry. Everyone who legally they still stick by Scott Walker, don't they? Great representative of this country. Many different threads woven together. You pluribus unum. That is our national model. It means out of many are one, and that's what the flag represents. No matter what party, no matter what background, it's something that should bring us all together. It's just about reciting bumper sticker catchphrases and like trying to wave your patriotic dick. Yeah, Walker was famous for union busting. You're right. I'm thinking it was Brownback where his party turned on him. Brownback was the governor of Kansas. And he completely wrecked that state. Because that's what happens under Republican policies. All right, so content warning on this one. Shit. Got a couple different gruesome stories coming out of Canada. Happened a couple of days ago. Four killed in London, Ontario attack, likely targeted for being Muslim. 
Four members of a London, Ontario family were struck and killed by a vehicle in the city's northwest Sunday evening. And they are believed to have been targeted because they were Muslim, according to the area police. Happened Sunday evening at around 8.40 p.m. Emergency crews were called to the intersection of Hyde Park and South Carriage Roads south of Gainsborough Road. Clearly we're reading the... This is global news. God damn it. Local to Canada, obviously. He said it's the alleged driver of a black pickup truck who drove south on Hyde Park Road, mounted the sidewalk, and struck the family members. It said the vehicle took off southbound at a high rate of speed. Approximately five minutes later, he said the driver stopped the vehicle at Cherry Hill Village Mall. Oh, he stopped at the mall. Got himself a smoothie. The accused was subsequently arrested by police. The suspect was wearing a vest that appeared to be like body armor at the time of his arrest. God damn. There's evidence that this was a planned, premeditated act motivated by hate. It is believed that these victims were targeted because they were Muslim. There is no known previous connection between the suspect and the victims. Officers said a 74-year-old woman died at the scene. A 44-year-old woman, a 46-year-old man, and a 15-year-old girl were rushed to the hospital. But they later died of their injuries. God damn. Family members requested the names of the victims to be withheld due to privacy reasons. They're they're scared. Holy shit, a nine-year-old boy related to the deceased was also taken to the hospital where he's being treated for serious but non-life-threatening injuries. The accused in the case, a 20-year-old London resident, Nathaniel Veltman, was charged with four counts of first-degree murder and a count of attempted murder. He appeared through an audio link in a London court on Monday. He was remanded into custody and scheduled to appear in court again on Thursday. And this comes on the heels of the other revelation in Canada. Other revelation, I'm sorry. The revelation in Canada of the mass graves of indigenous people. So the mistreatment of First Nations children in residential schools was appalling and racial injustices persist. Apparently these schools only recently closed about uh, two or three decades ago. Last month, uh, the I'm not even, I'm not going to attempt to say the names of the tribes of the First Nation found the remains of 215 children who had been buried in unmarked graves at the site of a former Indian residential school in British Columbia. Residential schools which operated in Canada from 1883 to 1996 were government-funded, church-run, and of course, churches were involved. Anytime there's an atrocity, you can bet that the churches are involved. Church-run institutions that took indigenous children away from their families 
with the aim of killing the Indian in the child. Fuck! This was not just a metaphor. The site of the unmarked graves that were discovered was one of many that are believed to exist at or near more than 100 residential schools all over Canada. Fuck. These graves were often visible from the windows of the schools. Some children were even forced to bury their own classmates. While the federal government of Canada sent condolences, it continued to water down its commitment to reconciliation. It is currently in the process of litigation to avoid paying compensation to residential school survivors and First Nations children. The long-awaited government response to an inquiry into murdered and missing indigenous women and girls prompted by the hugely disproportionate rates of violence they suffer itself amounting to a Canadian genocide was seen as just a plan to make a plan. Canada's Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which ran from 2008 to 2015, heard testimony from thousands of residential school survivors, families, and staff about widespread physical and sexual abuse starvation and neglect, medical experimentation, torture, and death. In its final report, the TRC issued 94 calls to action, which called for local and central governments, along with churches, to release documents about the deaths of children in these schools and make resources available to help locate all the graves. It was never acted upon. So the First Nation tribes had to raise the funds themselves to find the children. The latest discovery was made using ground-penetrating radar. I'm, I'm shocked. This, this is absolutely appalling. Residential schools were designed by the federal government and operated by the churches as part of the government's Final solution to the Indian problem. Fuck! That's quoting a government official from 1907. I mean, you're absolutely right. It's appalling what the U.S. is. I mean, I'm. you're seeing my reactions because this is the first I've heard of this particular story. I know of the U.S.'s atrocities. This is like... I heard about the story whenever it broke, you know, two or three days ago. This is the first time I'm actually sitting down and reading the details of this. Just like... I sh- I shouldn't be I shouldn't be shocked of what humans are capable of because I sit here and watch it every fucking night. 
still, as a person that has empathy, it's, it rips my heart out. The TRC documented at least 6,000 deaths in these schools, but given the lack of access to government and church documents, stated that the real figure was likely much higher. Of course it is. Of course it is. In 1907, Dr. Peter Bryce, Canada's chief medical officer, had raised the alarm, stating that the death rate at residential schools was 8,000 for every 100,000, putting the total number of deaths closer to 12,000. So at least double the official documentation. We won't know until governments and churches fully disclose their documents. Neither governments nor churches can argue that they did not know Media at the time reported that Indian boys and girls are dying like flies. Catholic Church was responsible for operating about 60% of the Indian residential schools in Canada. (sighs) Thus, it holds a significant number of documents and has chosen not to disclose them all. Of course not! Would we expect anything less from the Catholic Church? By the way, I still, to this day, uh, Sinead O'Connor was a fucking hero. And boy, did she ever have her life ruined by actual goddamn pedos. The federal government also purged more than 15 tons of documents, including 200,000 documents from Indian Affairs between 1936 and 1944. Even today, the federal government is withholding thousands of unredacted documents from the St. Anne's Residential School survivors. Records that survivors say prove their claims of abuse. This needs to be acted upon. I. Oh. A death doula. Yes. The residential school survivors participated in the TRC to save their grandchildren from the systematic discrimination and abuse that they experienced, yet. Sad reality is that there are three times as many First Nations children in foster care today than at the height of residential schools. And the Canadian government has had a direct hand in making that tragedy happen. A federal government document shows that between 1989 and and 2012, First Nations children spent more than 66 it says 66M. We're, we're reading from The Guardian. I'm not sure 66 million. What? I, I don't know what 66M nights away from their families means. Uh, my apologies. The federal government underfunds First Nations Children's Public Services, which frustrates recovery from the multi-generational trauma that is the legacy of the residential schools. 
Government adopted all the TRC calls to action in 2015 with significant public support. However, the media coverage died down. So did the state's enthusiasm for implementation. Hmm. An important reason why outlets need to be covering this story. The news of the 215 children placed the TRC back on the front pages. Directing attention to how few calls to action are being done. This is six years later. Elsewhere, obstructionism and litigation reigns. The Canadian Human Rights Tribunal ordered the federal government to cease providing unequal public services to First Nations children in 2016. But it chose not to do so. Referring the tribunal to issue 19 further orders to press Canada to comply. On the 14th of June, the Canadian government is taking First Nations children to court again. Canada wants to deny children, and these are still children, 40 grand each in compensation. God damn. Moreover, indigenous female experts, advocates, grassroots groups, and organizations speak out about Canada's continued failures to take substantive steps to address its laws, policies, and practices that have created and maintained high rates of race and sex-based discrimination, including children in care, over-incarceration, homelessness, and violence. Sometimes the written word doesn't lend itself well to broadcasting. Canadian representatives will offer flowery speeches about reconciliation with indigenous peoples while maintaining uh, us in conditions that, to quote a lawyer who reviewed the schools in 1907, are in uncomfortable nearness with the charge of manslaughter. We need the international community to push Canada to end these historical and ongoing injustices. It can but has so far chosen not to. Uh, I believe that was attributed to Cindy Blackstock, a member of the Gixon. I apologize if I butchered that. First Nation. Well, um, here's another one that needs a content warning. And once again, it involves someone in the church. Angel Maid interrupted Lakeland youth pastor and teenage girl in hotel room. Deputies arrested a Lakeland church youth. This is Lakeland, Florida. We're reading from Fox 13, Tampa Bay. Deputies arrested a Lakeland church youth pastor accused of trying to have sex with a teenage girl. Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd said the... (laughs) That motherfucker. Stories uh, involving his county must be wild. Because so many, this isn't the only story involving him today. There was like a kid selling weed to two other teenagers that was ambushed and murdered. 
that happened in this same county. And this motherfucker gave a press conference. But he's a far-right lunatic, nutjob, dumb fuck. Talking about Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd. Because we've talked about it numerous times. According to investigators, Re- uh, Weaver... Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, I'm sorry. I skipped over some shit. Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd has said the youth pastor, 29-year-old Andrew Weaver, worked for Highlands Church of Christ. But when church leaders learned that Weaver may have had an inappropriate relationship with a minor in his youth group, the sheriff said they notified detectives. According to investigators, Weaver had been informally counseling the 17-year-old girl. Now, while I usually make exceptions for like 17-year-olds and go, oh, there's some gray area there, not when there is that much of a discrepancy. A 29-year-old, you're a fucking creep. You're a fucking creep on top of the fact that you are an authority figure in their life. Lots of redundancy in that statement, indeed. Instead of being the adult in the room, he creates a relationship with a 17-year-old, Judd said. Did I tell you that he's 29 and married and a youth pastor? Well, the youth pastor kind of thing like that makes me think he's diddling kids. That's that red flag to me. At one point, the sheriff's office said Weaver met the minor at the church and took her to a motel where they had rented a room before anything sexual could happen. Judd said a maid knocked on the door, startling Weaver. The victim told investigators that she believed their sexual contact would have continued to progress if they hadn't been interrupted by the maid. The maid who went to the door, uh, she was an angel that day because it freaked him out and the rest of that inappropriate counseling session didn't take place, the sheriff said. He added that the church did the right thing by turning him into the sheriff's office when they learned about what Weaver had done. That's surprising to me. I wouldn't doubt they had a conversation about, hmm, can we cover this up? Or do we need to actually report it? Uh, The age discrepancy is disgusting. Like, I'm going to make exceptions. Like, I hate when I see, like, statutory rape when, like, 19, 20-year-old with a 17-year-old. If you could go to high school together, like, that's that's the window of gray area that I'm with. Full disclosure, I might have that opinion because it would reflect badly on me. (laughs) As I was... As I was 19 years old and had a 16-year-old girlfriend. We still talk to this day. Shout out to you, Meek Shake, if you're watching this. Using the role to gain access to young people, that is absolutely uh, offensive and disgusting. The age description, 29-year-olds preying on young, vulnerable young women. 
I am not about that. And that that happened a lot in my hometown. That's why me with a 16-year-old at 19 didn't, well, no one flinched about that. Because, yeah, back in the 80s and 90s, fucking those kinds of relationships with these small towns with a 29-year-old and a 17-year-old were not outlandish. Yeah, like, did her parents like me? Did did the girlfriend that I had when she was 16, did her parents like me? Now, that is a complicated question, but I will say, the voice that you hear when the Troll Patrol comes on, the intro is from her father. To this day, I still get him to do my intros. We, uh, now I say that because I don't think he liked me when, uh, I was dating his daughter. I think he liked me later when I wasn't dating his daughter and I was his coworker. <laughs> I, I think the dynamic changed a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to go off on this tangent while we've still got fucking serious news to do. We've got some fun shit coming up, but we've still got some serious stuff to talk about. Now, her mom, her mom totally did not like me. Even though, like, I spent the night at her trailer all the time. So one night she came in and she, uh, she got some of my spit to perform some kind of voodoo, pagan, witchy shit or something on me. Uh, Jessica is awesome. Jessica has called in before and talked. To, she, she lives in West Virginia. She updates us on West Virginia politics. I've tried to get her. I've tried to get her to run against Joe Manchin. But yeah, twenty-nine-year-old, seventeen-year-old. Fuck no, no. Fuck you. That's predatory. All right, new allegations paint Dante Wright as a violent offender as top Democrats who attended his funeral silent. Now, you may think that headline sounded a little odd. We're reading from Fox News, the actual Fox News, not a local Fox News. As ex-Minnesota police officer Kim Potter is out on a hundred grand bond awaiting a manslaughter trial in the death of 20-year-old Dante Wright, Victims of his alleged gun violence are still reeling from trauma and top Democrats who flocked to his funeral have gone quiet. Interesting. Wright is accused of shooting a teen and a former classmate on separate occasions in a pair of civil lawsuits against his estate. Seven months later, Wright was charged with aggravated robbery after a young woman accused him of holding her at gunpoint, choking her, and demanding uh, she hand him hundreds of dollars. Wright and a friend attended a party at the home of two women and slept over on the floor. The next morning, the victim's roommate handed her uh, $820 in cash for rent. After she left, Wright allegedly blocked the remaining uh, women in the apartment and shoved a pistol in her face. This is all hearsay. But do you want to know what I have to say about it? I don't care. Just like Hunter Biden, I don't care. It's irrelevant to the matter at hand. His behavior 
outside of that police interaction has nothing to do with me. The way Kim Potter responded in that incident has everything to do with me. We are taxpayers. We dictate the policy of the police. Any alleged criminal history in his background is irrelevant. It is a red herring and it is not in good faith. The only reason I read through that article was so that I could yell about how fucking irrelevant it is, how stupid it is, and nobody can accuse me of ignoring the bullshit that right-wingers say. I want to tackle all the angles. Including making fun of dumb fuck moms who weren't watching the children. After a six-year-old accidentally eats a marijuana... uh, After a six-year-old accidentally eats a marijuana gummy, mom urges for safer packaging. Now, I'm conflicted here. On the one hand, first of all, no matter, no matter the details of this story, the mom was derelict in her duty. She wasn't watching the kid. She failed as a parent, and she is blaming an external factor to try to uh, um, dodge criticism, alleviate her guilt. But I'm also open to the fact that maybe there does need to be some sort of uniform packaging to uh, edibles, blah, blah, blah. I'm not opposed to it. But in this case, she's 100%. The parent wasn't watching the kid. The parent was not a responsible parent. Whatever, Whatever, no matter what the details are, the parent was not a responsible parent in this situation. Now, clearly, we see the packaging here. The It says Hawaiian Punch. It looks like any other kind of gummy. I'll give them that, but it is clearly marked. It says cannabis-infused gummies. It has weed. Fucking, it has the weed symbol, the, the leaf, all over the packaging. They're in red, yes. They don't, they're, they're not green. They're in red, so they look like the gummies. They're called Faded Fruits. It says Sativa, 500 milligrams THC. They are properly marked to all legal specifications. Because, like, the reason why I don't give a shit about... On the, on the one hand, a company should be able to, like, fucking do whatever the fuck they want with their product, I guess. But on the other hand, it's marketing, and I don't give a shit. It's marketing. It's stupid-ass marketing. People that want gummies are going to go buy gummies. I don't give a shit like what your packaging looks like. And to be honest with you, so many companies spend so much of their actual product costs on on marketing and packaging. You never hear people talk about that when they're talking about inflation. The amount of goddamn money... Fuck... God... Keebler, I know what your fucking cookies are. You don't have to spend money on advertising. 
Well, let's get the actual details. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what happened. In late May, Morgan McCoy's, uh, Morgan McCoy's found. In late May, Morgan McCoy's. This is this is NBC Today writing this. I didn't fucking write this. This is horrible. Morgan McCoy's found her six-year-old daughter lethargic and unresponsive. She later learned her daughter had accidentally ate a marijuana gummy that she thought was candy. After a scary night in the hospital, she's recovered, but McCoy is sharing their story to encourage safer packaging of marijuana edibles and to urge parents to properly store it. To urge parents to properly store it. Yes, you're the one at fault. Okay, so let's hear her story. God damn it. Fuck. It, this is a too long didn't read. We're going to try to get to the bottom of it, though. So this is, this is from her. This is her story on Facebook. We went home to visit my in-laws in Jacksonville over the weekend. They had 30 to 40 friends and their family in town visiting for the weekend. We are a group of legal medical marijuana patients. Not one iota of this product was illegally purchased. To my knowledge, I've never seen it before. One of my in-laws' friends were staying in the room we normally stay in. I had left to visit my sister, who was visiting from Texas at my brother's house, and my husband was still there by the pool hanging out. This friend has two children. One of them had taken a running dive into the pool, but alas, this child is two, so the parent went for a swim while fully clothed to get their child. They had this bag of gummies, well, gummy singular, in their pocket. Frazzled, I'm sure, they ran in and, and got out of their wet clothes, grabbed the bag, and put it in the dresser between some clothes, while they went to change. My candy whore of a daughter. (laughs) My candy whore of a daughter went in looking for her clothes because this is the room she normally stays in. She came across the bag and, like any six-year-old would, she ate the candy. You weren't watching your kid. She doesn't know to not touch other people's belongings. This is a apparent failure. I wouldn't post this on Facebook if this happened to me. Fast forward a couple hours and I arrive back at the house. I walk in. All the kids are passed out because they've been out in the Florida sun swimming all day. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary. We're just hanging out for a couple more hours, talking and shooting shit. All of a sudden, the parent came outside and told me that... Uh, my daughter may have taken a THC gummy. Uh, what the feck? I ran in and calmly picked her up and moved her from the ground to the couch. She couldn't open her eyes. She was completely non-responsive. And when I laid her down, she kind of braced herself like she felt like she was falling. I turned around and, yeah, you probably overreacted. Someone gave me a gummy one time at a concert, and I was completely sober. I didn't even fucking feel it. Now, granted, I take bong rips all goddamn day, so I have a really high tolerance, and a kid is completely different, but I feel like they were probably just, you know, conked out. I went to the hospital, spent the night. All they could do was monitor and give her fluids. I was up all night with my husband watching those machines. Her breasts per minute would drop to single digits at times. Her heart rate would shoot up at alarming levels at others. 
One of the scariest moments of my life. Want it to be abundantly clear that this other parent did something that anyone could do and we all have done. This is not about them. No, it's about you. It's about you. You failed. You failed as a parent. Oh, shit. Did I skip the seizing? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you, Tones, for pointing that out. Boy, I'm glad you were reading along. What's oh, it too long? Didn't read. I'm kind of just skimming over it. Okay, okay. She asked if she was okay, and as I turned back around, she was on her knees, seizing. I grabbed her and ran outside and just paced back and forth, waiting for the ambulance to arrive. Okay, okay. That is serious, but still, it's it's the mom. Child locks. Okay, that's a that's reasonable. I'll give them that. That we put child locks on uh, uh, Tide pods, chewable Tylenol, vitamins, shit like. That. Okay, I'll give her that. That's an excellent point. A, a child lock is not a bad idea. That that one is a that one is a good point made by the parent. However, I still stand by. They weren't watching their kid. The kid clearly doesn't know boundaries and not to touch other people's shit one of the reasons why I can't stand to be around kids. They touch my shit. Always got asked back when I was doing photography if uh, if I had kids and I always had the same joke like, nah, I wouldn't share my PlayStation with them. I say joke, but like it's, it's kind of true. All right. Gay conservative epically, epically schooled after saying he doesn't know why Pride Month is a thing. So we're going to watch this TikTok here. Hopefully there's no copyright music. As a gay man, I've never understood why Pride Month is a thing. Oh, 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 first, oh, first of all, first of all. The uh, surly old gay man lighting a cigarette like he he's here, like he's here for this. He's going to lay it on us, and I, like, just from the look alone, I am ready for whatever he's getting ready to say. I love it. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Andrew, the fucking, the Milo say the dogs don't bark at him anymore. They used to bark at him because they, like, it happened while I was down with the technical issues. And I'm just like, hey, everybody else has played it. I'm going to skip over that. But that fucking video is hilarious. Stupid ass Milo. God, I hope he sounds like Sean Connery. I can't wait. Oh, this is going to be cool. Oh, we may not even hear from him. Shit. Oh, oh, this is an own. It's because you don't know the history or choose to ignore it. See, I was alive in the 80s. 
When our government was dragging their asses about AIDS, there really weren't that many gay people to be worried about. Many Americans had to come out in order for the country to recognize just how many people in this country were actually queer. They came out and lost their jobs. They came out and lost their families. They came out and lost their homes. You weren't here for the bashings and the beatings. You wouldn't even be making a video if it wasn't for them. Boom! Shut that shit down! It looks like his name is Black Fluid Poet. Or at least that's the account that posted this. Do go check him out. John S. Blake, I believe is his name. He didn't look black, though, so I'm not sure that this wasn't just reshared by a different account. Oh, this looks like him. Yeah. Oh, this dude looks cool as shit. I'd let him tell me stories all day long. So, John S. Blake, Black Fluid Poet on TikTok. is cool as fuck. They are cool as fuck. Alright. It's about time to bring it on home and you guys know the way I like to end my streams with animal videos today. We're gonna see a horse crossing. Ah, fuck. Blowing us out with the crazy ass music. Animal hybrid D. Let's get back to it. Horses in New Mexico bringing traffic to a halt. Aren't they the cutest things? All right, guys. Special night tonight over at Echoplex Media. They have the 100th episode of the intellectual Dollar Tree. We're going to raid Egoplex. We're going to go over. I'm going to hang out with you guys because I'm not going to miss this. Motherfuck. I hit the wrong person. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, shit. Yeah, this is a... This is... This is a video I pulled to watch. This is a pregnant woman that got wrecked by a cop. So we're probably going to watch this one tomorrow. Like this, this video is goddamn crazy. We're going to go back to the horses while I queue up Echoplex Media over here. The 100th episode of the Intellectual Dollar Tree happening now over at Echoplex Media. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin'. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. Live!